Welcome. So good to be with you on this Wednesday as we get together for a little midweek Bible study and devotional time. And I'm so glad that you've taken some time out of your day to join us uh, to do just that. And I hope you're having a great week so far and uh, continue to have a great week. And hopefully this will uh, be a little bit of a, a break to hopefully re-energize us and reorient our focus for the rest of this week or whenever it is that you're watching this. Uh, so I'm glad, again, that you have joined us today. I saw a quote the other day that said, I wish I could lose weight as easily as I lose my glasses, my keys, my cell phone, my temper, and even my mind. And I just couldn't help but laugh. And I'm sure you uh, probably chuckle at that a little bit because I'm sure we all can relate to that quote in some way, shape, or form because we all know what it is to have the experience of losing something and looking for that something that we have lost. You know, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three parables, back to back to back. In fact, the whole chapter is just these three parables, all talking about things that are lost, a lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost son. Actually, in the end, as we will look in a couple of weeks, lost sons. But these three parables also talk about someone in each of these stories who seeks after those lost things. And in doing so, the parables really paint this wonderful, beautiful picture of God and who he is and, and his heart for those who are lost. And so this week, we're going to start with the first story, and we'll look at the next story next week. And the following week, we'll look at the, the third and final story. But we'll start with the first story here in Luke chapter 15 this week, and it's found in verses 1 through 7. Actually, the first couple of verses set up the rest of the chapter and the three parables that Jesus says. Uh, so we'll start in verse 1, and, and here's what it says. Luke writes, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and, and eats with them. And so in response, Jesus told them this parable. It tells them three again, but we'll start with the first one today. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep, Jesus says, and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Jesus says, I tell you in the same, that in the same way, there will be rejoicing and have more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Theologian A.W. Tozer wisely commented, and I love this, this quote, The only safe place for a sheep is by the side of of his shepherd. Because the devil does not fear sheep. He just fears the shepherd. That is all. And the story we, read, we just read is often called the parable of the lost sheep, but it might as just more accurately, or uh, at least as accurately, be called the parable of the seeking shepherd. Uh, Jesus's story here would evoke many Old Testament associations for his listeners. And, and you say, well, who were his listeners? Well, for one, there were the tax collectors and sinners, quote unquote, that had gathered around Jesus to listen to him. And it's pretty clear from the parable that they are the lost sheep in the story that Jesus tells. And they most certainly needed to hear this story and to hear how the good shepherd didn't view them as acceptable losses. Well, I've got 99. I don't, I won't worry about that one, but rather he would search until he found them. He would go after them. And when he found them and bring them, when he found them and brought them home, all heaven would rejoice. And that parable brilliantly shows these what would have been social outcasts that every single sheep matters to the Lord. And I think that's a beautiful lesson for us as well. Of course, the religious leaders also were listening, but their hearts were proud 
and critical. And the interesting part about them is that they were also lost, although they didn't really recognize their need or their lostness. Jesus' comment at the end of the parable that there were 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent was ironic and sad both in the same moment. And this parable powerfully showed these self-important leaders, although I'm not sure if they got it, but it showed them, or Jesus was trying to, the heart and the joy of God's heart when sinners repent, as contrasted with their own pride and rejection and grumbling. Of course, when you really get down to it, the key theme in this parable really is, and as we'll see in the next couple of parables, it really is God's love. That's the key theme. In fact, it's front and center in each and every one of those parables, as I just said in Luke chapter 15. And for a lot of people, it's easy for us to picture God as, as some king, uh, you know, distant king sitting on this throne waiting to receive petitions for us to come him. And, you know, he's, he's, he's just, he's distant. He's, he's, he's too important for us maybe even to come into his presence. And yet Jesus paints this picture of God as a shepherd who doesn't sit back, but he actively seeks and goes after and cares for those who are lost. The lost sheep in this parable does nothing but get lost, right? That's the only thing. He, the, the lost sheep only gets lost. It can't even get find its way home or get back, uh, you know, walk home on its own. But Jesus tells this as the first in a series of three parables, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, or sons, in which God's relentlessly faithful and tender love is highlighted because he truly wants us to see the heart of the Father for each and every one of us. He truly is the seeking shepherd, passionately pursuing those who are lost to bring them back home into the safety and protection of his love. One more thing. If that's the heart of the Father, then as his children, shouldn't that be our heart as well? Since all of heaven rejoices in the salvation of one sinner, Surely we can do the same, right? And so I hope that you would do a couple of things today or, or sometime this week, maybe every day this week, it'd be great if you could do it, but at least sometime this week. I hope that you would take time, first of all, to thank God for your salvation, that he went seeking after you so that you might know him and be saved and come back into the love and care of his presence and his arms. And secondly, I hope that you would take the time to reach out to someone who does not know that salvation to help bring them to the love of the Father as well. Hope you have a blessed day. God bless.